Star Wars 7x7 episode 2971. It's an Andor Monday, and on the next couple of Andor Mondays, we're going to be talking about Cassian's interactions with Wookiees. And this time, we're talking about one that comes from sort of an unlikely source, but it shows the kinds of things that Cassian is capable of and the types of missions that he undertakes. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So in Rogue One, in Cassian's famous monologue that happens before they all take off for Scarif, he talks about himself and the people that he works with as spies and saboteurs and assassins and people who did what they had to do for the rebellion and whatnot. And that certainly kind of narrows Cassian's subset within a certain category of action. But it's not the entirety of it, and for all we know, it's not even the majority of it. It just might be the most notable things for him and the things that compromise his ethics or have the potential to compromise his ethics or at least keep him up at night more than anything else. But another subset of his expertise gets displayed in Star Wars Adventures, which is the all-ages comic from IDW. The first series of it started out in 2017, and he was featured along with K2SO right away, like in issue number three. There's a short story in there called Adventures in Wookiee Sitting. The gist of the story is that Cassian and K2 have been dispatched on a mission. They're supposed to be hitting an Imperial freighter and making it look like smugglers have hit this freighter. So they gas all of the Imperials in there, as in knockout gas, and they are there to steal supplies that are very necessary for an upcoming rebel raid. However, it turns out that the freighter does not have the kinds of supplies that they're after, and they don't necessarily say what kind of supplies they were after in the story. That could be because it's an all-ages book, and so they're trying to not be so overt about the whole war-making aspect of things. I don't know. But the supplies aren't there. It's definitely unlike the mission briefing, according to K2SO. Instead, there are three Wookiee kids in the ship, and Cassian says, you know, I don't know why they're here, but the Empire thinks they're valuable, so we're taking them with us. Although the way he says it is that these brats have compromised the mission, which is perhaps a little bit uncharitable, but by the same token, he's also, you know, not totally mercenary because he says, yeah, we can't take children into battle, so we're going to make a detour before we meet up with the rebel assault group that's going to go on this raid. So Cassian sets out for the Bartan, B-A-R-T-A-H-N sector, which is a brand new introduction in canon and they haven't been there since. And particularly a moon there that's called Carissia. It's labeled as a monastery moon in the comic and that's also a brand new situation as well. According to Cassian, it's mostly you know unpopulated that only a few smugglers know about it. So you know, they should be able to lay low there for a while, specifically K2 and the Wookiee children, while Cassian goes off to participate in the Rebel Raid. So K2 is left with the Wookiee children, and he has adventures with them, and then eventually Cassian comes back and says, yeah, the raid went off without a hitch, even though K2 wasn't with him, which I'll get to that whole business in a moment. And the Rebel Command Cassian has spoken to and has found a safe place to bring these Wookiee children now that the imminent issue with the raid is over. Now back to the, you know, Cassian and K2 interaction stuff. 
K2 throughout this story is evaluating Cassian's choices and continues to say that they are bad or worse. Like initially, it's his feeling that they should have killed all the Imperials and thinks it's a bad idea that Cassian gassed them, but Cassian's rationale is it has to look like smugglers and smugglers use gas. Then the decision to take the Wookiees with them, K2 says, yeah, you know, you're making a bad situation worse. And then when they get to Carissia and Cassian tells K2 that K2 is going to stay with the Wookiees and go on the raid by himself, K2 is like, this is even worse. Like, it continues to be a series of bad and then worse and even worse decisions on Cassian's part from K2SO's point of view. And there's a line where K2 says, you know I have, like, no charm or nurturing situation in <laughs> regard to taking care of these three young Wookiees. And Cassian replies, yeah, but you take such good care of me, and then he takes off. And that's essentially the meat of the story. The story itself is told from a flashback perspective. So there are a couple of characters who in the story are mapping wild space and there's discussions about programming and the limits of programming and how you can actually exceed or go past the limits of your programming. You can grow beyond them, if you will. That's the you know, story that's being told to kind of justify that idea with K2SO, obviously going above and beyond the limits of his programming, or at least the seeming limits of his programming, to be able to take care of these Wookiees. And, and at one point, K2 says, like, you know, like, I don't like everybody. And uh, this is after K2 uh, is told by Cassian that oh, people like you. And he's like, but I don't like everybody. But apparently, K2 decides that everybody likes him after all, after these adventures with the Wookiees. As far as Cassian goes, because we're really here to be talking about Cassian, First of all, we should point out that because it's around 2 BBY that Cassian and K2SO first get together, this story obviously takes place in between 2 and 0 BBY or 0 ABY, depending on how you want to do that. So that means that it's going to be taking place in the time frame of Season 2 of Andor, so it doesn't necessarily directly relate to what we're going to see in this first season. However we do learn a couple of things about Cassian's character, and it's probably likely that these things are stable in that we will see these kinds of things reflected in the Cassian end or that we meet in season one of the series. First of all, we see an extension of Cassian's skill set, so it's not falling into the spying or sabotage or assassination kind of situation. I guess you could make a case for it being sabotaged to some degree, but not really. I mean, it is more like a smuggling raiding kind of situation, so knowing that he has that capability is kind of interesting. The second thing is flexibility, like operational flexibility, running into situations that are definitely outside of the mission parameters and being able to adapt very quickly to changing situations. And I suppose we do see a bit of that in Rogue One, to be honest, but it's good to see that it's not necessarily a new thing, that it's a skill that's been developed over time. And the third thing that we see is some native compassion from Cassian. So when he says that he's not going to take children into a war zone, basically what he had been saying to K2 as part of the earlier narrative of the story was that they had to get the supplies and then immediately rendezvous with a rebel assault group so that way they could go on a raid. But Cassian's not going to bring the Wookiee children on that raid with them, which is why they end up detouring to this monastery moon. And that's notable because Cassian has, of course, told us that he's been in this fight since he was six years old. So he's been fighting since he was a kid. And even when he says to Jin that, you know, some people don't have the luxury of deciding when they're going to get involved in some things, 
you know, he's definitely taking the side of the Wookiee children in this case because they are not choosing to get involved in this and he's not forcing them to be involved in this as a result. He is viewing them as complete innocence and getting them out of harm's way. So maybe that is just his default setting and he was using that line about some of us don't get to choose as a way to particularly go after Jin in that moment. But it was nice to see an acknowledgement of his basic humanity, as it were, in this story. So that's what I've got for you about Cassian Andor in this particular Andor Monday episode, looking at Star Wars Adventures issue three from 2017 in the Tales from Wild Space frame of storytelling, the flashback more about K2SO than Andor, but we do learn a couple of things about Cassian as well. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.